welcome again to the Super Duper Punch Superhero Kick Super Show. This is me, Dude Super, coming at you from my sister's room. No, Denise, you are going to the mall. You have, I have the space now. Man, this has been an incredible show. All about any man and his sidekick, Eddie Boy. On our final episode, we're back in any man's secret-ish lair. And Eddie Boy comes in with a surprising new superhero costume. <laughs> I love that little guy. Let's check it out on the Super Duper Punch Superhero Dick Super Show. Uh, <clears throat> home sweet lair. It's heavenly here. Who, who's there? Who, who's there? Who's there? Chooch. Chooch who? Choo-choo, it's Andy Trey. Get out of the way before you get run over by a train that's full of coal and other goods that can't be traveled because they're municipally dangerous. Hey. What are you may wearing? I come in? Are oh, you a vampire? Yes, you may yeah, come okay, in. Yeah, okay, thank you. What, what are you wearing? Uh, oh, this old thing? This is my new superhero, super duper superhero suit. The one you gave me was awesome and all, but this one combines all the powers of the superheroes that I know. So that I'm like super duper super like look I got Iron Man's helmet, Captain America's shield, Batman's wallet, all the all the goodies. You name it, I got it. You, you know that's not how that works, right? It's like it, you don't have any of their powers. You, you just look silly. Well, you have your own power. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but they have like super powers. Like watch this. Like I got Spider-Man's web so that I can fly. I, yeah, I, I I don't need you to be able to fly. Okay, that's okay too, cause I got I got a man's wallet, um, which means I'm like super rich now, because he's he's really rich, and, and that means that he can buy stuff and build stuff that I can't buy. Hey, give me my wallet back. Hey, give me that back. Give it back. You can't take this little blow, you. Who's Bruce Wayne? Oh. Anyways, I had Batman's wallet, and um, and he's rich and could buy and build anything, and I'm, I only have like $5 in bananas tokens, and those don't have any cash value. I don't need you to be rich. Okay, but also I have these shorts, and they combine all the powers of all of the Avengers. Like I got, you know, I got like Iron Man's smarts and Thor's lightning and whatever that lady does, and I got Hulk's strength, and so I'm super strong, and at least my Nana says so when I bring in two bags of groceries. But she, to be fair, to be fair, she drinks a lot of milk because she has ostrich bones, ostrich, ostrich peroxide is what it's called, and so she has to drink a lot of milk, and so I carry like two or three gallons of milk every time, and she says I'm strong. You know, I, I don't need you to be the strongest, Eddie boy. Okay, well, I also have this fish, like Aquaman, but I don't... I don't really know why if I'm being honest. And I probably shouldn't be holding this because I'm allergic to fish. Like this one time I went to Benihana for my birthday. Do you know what Benihana is? I do. Okay, it's a place where they have the Hitachi grill and they put like the onion volcano and there's rice and then they flip the shrimp into a little pocket. And do you, Benihana, you yeah, know what I'm I, talking about? Okay. I'm, I'm familiar, And yeah. so I had steak and lobster, it was my birthday and it was delicious and I had the lobster and the other fish. And then they took a picture of me and they sang my happy birthday, like happy birthday, happy birthday, it's Benihana, happy birthday. And they took the picture and flashed. And now I was like, uh-oh. And I had to run like the flash. And I was running and I ran I ran to the bathroom to throw up, except for I didn't throw up in the bathroom. I threw up in the place where everybody waits to go in the restaurant. What's that, what's that place called? The waiting area? Yeah, the waiting area. The, that's the area where they wait. That's where I threw up. 
You know, that's a, that's a really great story, Eddie Boy. But I, I just, I don't think you're listening to me. That's because super hearing is not a superpower. My mom says I have selective hearing, though, because I'm obnoxious. <laughs> you know, it, little Eddie, let's just, why don't you wait here? What? Why, why what? All right, I need you to wait here. I'll be right back. Okay, okay that sounds good. All right. Man, that outfit Eddie Boy had on was crazy. But I don't know about you, it seemed like any man wasn't all that impressed. I wonder what any man went to go get. Maybe a power crystal that would give Eddie Boy all the superpowers. Who knows? But stay tuned and we'll be right back on the Super Duper Punch Superhero Kick Super Show. When I was in fourth grade, I felt like I didn't have any friends. All the kids that I was friends with in my third grade class somehow got ended up in the other classes in fourth grade, and I looked around the room and I was like, I am by myself. And to cap it all off, for some ridiculous reason, my particular class had to go to lunch separate than the rest of the fourth graders, and so I'm at recess by myself. So the first day I look around and, and I decide I'm gonna try to play soccer with the boys and then I scored a goal and they kicked me out. And then um, I was trying to figure out how to play with the girls but they were really girly and I was a tomboy so I didn't know what to do. And so then I tried talking with the teachers but they just got annoyed with me. So eventually I invented my own lame game where I bounced a rock off the wall to entertain myself at recess after recess after recess. And to top it all off, it wasn't just recess that was rough in fourth grade, it was literally everything. Like I didn't understand the idea of long division that well and I felt behind and all my friends were really smart in the other classes and then there was me and um, I sucked at spelling and I kept having to rewrite all my words even after the final test. And I just thought, it's never gonna get any better. Like, I'm just behind, I'm just stupid, I'm just alone, and I don't know if it's gonna change. And to tell you the truth, this reminds me of like half the stories in the Bible. About half the stories in the Bible talk about a character who just didn't feel like they had what it took. A character who didn't feel good enough or strong enough or powerful enough in some way to accomplish the thing that God had for them to face. Like Esther, she was too chicken to stand up for her people until her uncle called her out on it. Or, or like Peter, he was so afraid that he pretended he didn't even know who Jesus was. Or Moses, he told God he couldn't even talk to people when God sent him to stand in front of Pharaoh and represent him to God's people. Or Gideon, God called Gideon mighty warrior when he was literally shaking in his boots, hiding in a hole from his enemies. I could focus on like half the stories of the Bible to prove this point, but tonight I'm gonna to focus on just one and that's the story of David. And I know that most of you have heard it a million times before, but David is the story of a guy who thought that he wasn't good enough. And we first find David as a kid in the Bible and um, he's running an errand for his dad. In fact, his dad didn't think David was anything too special at all. Earlier, a man of God had showed up at David's house and told David's dad that one of your eight sons is going to be king. Call all your sons so I can have a look at them and choose and announce which one will be the future king of Israel. David's dad didn't even invite David to the meeting. 
He left David out in the field with the sheep and brought his other seven sons in front of the man of God for one of them to be chosen to be king. So David's dad didn't think much of him, but God thought a lot of David. So anyways, David's dad sends David on this errand to bring food to his brothers, and all his brothers are in the army fighting for God's people in the army, and so David becomes like a grubhub driver, if you will, of the ancient days, and his dad thought his brothers were really important because they were in this army, and then there's little scrawny, dorky David, and so he arrives with his brother's food, and his brothers are kind of like jerks to him. They basically rip on him. They make fun of him. They try to keep him under their thumb. They act like he's a loser, like not able to do anything useful or important at all. And then in the middle of them razzing him, suddenly a giant comes out onto the battlefield. And the Bible tells us that that giant is nine feet, nine inches tall. And I had a hard time getting my brain around nine feet, nine inches tall. So we had the team build us this ruler that is literally the height of Goliath. So that's how tall Goliath was, nine feet, nine inches tall. And he comes out and he challenges the army of Israel. And he says, hey, instead of the whole army fighting the whole army and thousands of people dying, how about your best man fights me? And whoever wins, wins the whole war. Well, Goliath had been coming out every day, the Bible says, for 40 days with that same challenge. And he was taunting the armies of Israel and he was mocking God, like yelling, like insults and derogatory things at God, saying that God couldn't hear and that our God couldn't come to their rescue and just razzing them and promoting his God and making fun of the armies of Israel. Now, David, his brothers, and all the other soldiers, they'd heard this 39 days in a row. So when Goliath comes out and starts yapping his mouth, they really didn't seem to care that much. They weren't that bothered by it. But Goliath really bothered David. And sometimes when we are bothered by something, it's because it's part of who God made you to be. So for example, say it bothers you when other people do not follow the rules. You might be called to teach or to lead. If it bothers you when people in power aren't fair, you might be called by God to expose the injustice. If it bothers you that things are disorganized, you might be called by God to help organize things behind the scenes. If it bothers you when someone is unkind or rude to someone in customer service, it might be because you are called by God to stand up. When something bothers you that other people can ignore, it should be a light bulb to your brain saying this might be part of who you're called to be. So David, he was the one called to stand up to Goliath. And so when Goliath came out for the 40th day in a row, it bothered him that Goliath taunted God. It bothered him that Goliath made fun of the armies of Israel. He was insulted by that situation because it had something to do with his calling and he couldn't let it go. David knew he had to do something. Even though he was just a teenager or a young kid, he knew that he had to do something. And so this is what he did. He didn't know what to do, so he began to question others. And the Bible tells us he turned to his brothers and he said, what, what does the man get who slays that giant? What is the reward? And he says, what, is, what does that giant think he can do insulting our God? So he begins asking questions because he doesn't know what to do. And sometimes when we're called to something, but we don't know what to do, we begin to ask questions too. But usually we ask those questions of ourselves. Usually we ask, am I really good enough to help? 
Am I really strong enough to make a difference? Do I really have the ability to, to, to bring any change to the situation that's happening in school? Is there really anything I can do? Am I popular enough, important enough to do anything to help? When we don't know what to do, we often begin to question ourselves. We say things like, well, God, if you want to help fix that, you, you should pick my brother because he is way funnier than me. Or or my sister, God, she's smarter. Or my cousin, because their family has tons of money. You should call on one of those people, but don't pick me, God, because I'm just like a regular person. Don't pick me to get involved because I don't know, I don't know that I can do anything. But God says he doesn't need all of that to make a difference. He tells David all he needs to know. And here's the truth that I want to make sure that you understand. Almost every person on the planet has doubts and fears. Almost every person is afraid to do something great. Almost every person wonders if they have anything to contribute. Almost every person at one time thinks inside their heart, I don't feel good enough. That's part of being human. That's part of the human experience. But what is powerful is when we think that and we act anyways. When we feel that and we be brave anyways, what's powerful is when we decide that in God, we are able to stand up against the injustice, up against the thing that we see that's wrong and to try to do something about it, even if we don't feel perfectly equipped. We have to know who God says that we are. We have to know that that we can do what God says that we can do. Now, David had questions, but he also, he had God. Pick up the story in 1 Samuel in the Bible, chapter 17, beginning verse 31. It says, then David's questions were reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. Don't worry about the Philistines, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. So even when David tries to stand up and do the right thing, people around him are trying to tear him down. Alex, will you come? You come help me? Okay, come here. So this is what I want you to do, okay? Pick up this shield. Okay, so David, he's going to go into battle against Goliath. So you can bring that over there. You're going to go into battle against Goliath, right? So he's, he's young. He's got a shield. He's trying to, like, go into this battle. And I want to read the rest of this verse. David knew that he was going, he knew something that every adult around him didn't know. And that was even though he felt weak in the moment, that God was strong enough. So the Bible verse continues, verse 38. Then somehow David convinced the king. So then Saul gave David his own armor coat of mail, bronze helmet, and a sword, right? Okay, so hold the sword. You hold the shield too. These are, it's kind of heavy. Okay, so now you're going to go against Goliath. Lift up your sword like you're going to go over the top. No, like, do I have to? All right, nope, nope. Okay, all right. Yeah, like, you know, against the bad guy. Okay, all right. Yep, there you go. Okay, there you go. Now you look ready, Alex. Okay. So David put on the armor and strapped the sword overhead. Keep your arm straight up there now. And took a step or two to see what it was like because he had never really worn such things before. Why does it feel like your arms? Okay, all right. You got, you got to hold, okay. You got to look tough, not like your arms like, oh, okay. All right. I know, 
that's exactly how David felt. And then he said, I can't go with these, he protested. I've never used them before. So David took them off again. You can take them off again. So David realized he can't go into the battle the way Saul, the way Saul went into battle. He couldn't go into battle with a sword and a shield that he could barely hold up as a teenager. These were weapons of war that men who had played soldier for generations had used, but David had never used them. So he couldn't go into battle the way someone else went into battle. Instead, David had to go into battle using what David knew. And what David always did, this is a cool sword, huh? What David always did, he's like, yeah, but my arm hurts. Okay. What David always did is he was a shepherd. So David would be in the field at night watching the sheep and taking care of the sheep. And what would come against David but a lion to come steal one of the sheep or a bear to attack one of the sheep. And what David would have to do, I mean, he didn't have a sword. He didn't have a shield. Those were rich man's tools, right? He didn't have those things. So instead, what he would have to do is he'd have to use his slingshot and he'd have to go after He had to go after that animal using a slingshot. And so that's all he knew. So now he's going against a giant that's nine feet tall who has a shield so big that another man has to carry it with a sword the size of a weaver's beam, which by the way is like 10 feet tall. And so he's going against this giant and all he has, the Bible says, is a slingshot with five smooth stones. So he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bays and then armed only with his staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight against the Philistines. So David realized what Alex realized. I, I, can't, I can't fight with this. This, is, this isn't how I fight. This isn't, this isn't how I fight. You wanna do it, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> I can see uh, Joe's like, I'm disappointed. I came out to help you and you're sending me away empty-handed. Okay, you know how to do it? So do. Okay. Try to hit Madeline in the head if you can. Oh, no, that, that was Peyton, okay. Joe also doesn't know how to use a slingshot apparently. Okay, just load that up. David realized he couldn't fight Goliath the way Saul fought Goliath. He had to fight Goliath the way he was trained to fight. Go ahead, Joe. You're ready now. Malin's right over there. Aim for, aim for the head. Oh, that was, imp- that went that way, but you're aiming. Right. I mean, maybe we shouldn't whip it at the children. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Okay. Tech team. Those are adults. Okay. Defend yourselves from the one ounce ping pong ball. Okay. Here we go. All right. Hey, got it. Yeah. David couldn't fight like Saul. David couldn't pretend to be someone he wasn't. He had to go into battle just how he was. And that's like little Eddie, right? Little Eddie couldn't pretend to be Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Iron Man all together. He had, he has to be himself. Because the truth is, if God is going to use you to do what you're called to do, you can't go as Saul, you have to go as David. You have to go as who you are in the gifts that God's given to you and use what God has given to you. We have to believe that God knows who we are, says who we are, and that we can act on it. Do you know that your feelings don't have a brain? If you were in big church on Sunday, this Sunday, Pastor Hooper talked about how our feelings don't have a brain. They don't know. Our feelings aren't right. And our hearts where we feel all our feelings from, right? Our heart is just an organ in our body. 
It's not the boss of us. But sometimes we let our heart and our feelings dictate every decision we make. But we wouldn't do that with any other organ in our body. This is a cow kidney, by the way, in case you're wondering. You can, uh, sure, no, you can't, it's raw. Okay, so this is a cow kidney. If you haven't seen one, they look like this. Um, kidney, they have two of them. No, don't touch it, it has like salmonella and junk. Okay, so, a cow, so we can't let an organ in our body, like you wouldn't let your kidney be the boss of you. You wouldn't let your kidney decide if you were gonna have a good day or a bad day. You, weren't, you wouldn't let your kidney wake up and decide what, where you were gonna apply for a job next summer. You wouldn't wake up and let your kidney decide if you were gonna date such and such a girl or take this certain boy to homecoming. You'd be like, shut up, kidney. You're not the boss of me. You have no authority over me. You're just a pound of flesh in my body. You're just an organ. You're not in charge of my thoughts or my feelings or my future or my destiny or my identity. But at the same time, we allow our hearts to dictate our lives. We allow our hearts to have all kinds of opinions. We make decisions about who we go to homecoming with based on our feelings. We make decisions about where we get a job based on our feelings. We make decisions about how to smart off to our mom based on our feelings in the moment. Like we allow our heart to dictate everything sometimes, even though our heart is no smarter than our kidney or our liver or our pancreas. Pancreas is a little guy right there, I think. I'm not sure what it does, but it's very important. And so we have to wake up to the reality that our Feelings are not in charge of us. Our feelings don't really know who we are. And so when we wake up and feel inadequate or unable or incapable, we have to go shut up to our heart and say, you're just wrong. You're, you're not the most knowledgeable about who I am. The most knowledgeable about who I am is really my God who created you and me and, and all of us. Our feelings do not have a brain. But so many people let their feelings dictate everything about who they are. Probably won't give salmonella to my computer now. We'll see. God knows way more about who you are than your kidney or your heart or your liver ever could. And the cool thing about it is he is literally your biggest fan. I mean, he is crazy about you. Let's check out what little Eddie encounters and see what he'll do next. Welcome back to the Super Duper Punch Superhero Kick Super Show. This is me, Dude Super, coming at you from my sister Denise's room. No, Denise, stay out of my room. I know I'm in, stay out of my, okay, that's fine. Now, Eddie Boy is in a totally wild costume instead of the one that any man gave him. Man, if any man gave me a super costume, it would actually fit and I would never change. But now, any man is coming back. Let's see what he has to say to Eddie Boy about what kind of superhero that he wants him to be on the Super Duper Punch Superhero Kick Super Show. Stop, bad guys and robbers, or I'll kill you with my superhero fish. Any man, what are you wearing my costume? Is that my costume? Yeah. That looks awesome. Wait a minute, you gotta be real careful wearing that. I'm not good at deciding when to go to the bathroom and when not to go to the bathroom. You fill it out really great though. Why are you wearing my costume? Yeah, okay. You know, I'm, what I'm trying to show you, Eddie boy, is that you don't have to be fast like the Flash or 
fly like Superman or super strong like the Hulk. See, the world already has enough of those guys in it. What the world needs is for you to be you. What I need is for you to be you. That's your superpower. So I'm wearing your costume to show you that I am your biggest fan. Wait, you're my biggest fan? Yes, I am. That's crazy. Uh, you're any man. All the superheroes in the whole entire world, all of them look up to you and you're my fan? Did you know one time I, I licked a fan? I couldn't well. talk for a month and my mom said it was the best time of her life. <laughs> well, you see, yes, you are my favorite, Eddie Boy. I am your biggest fan. You're, I'm your favorite. Mm -hmm. More than Iron Man. Yep. Come on, more than Iron Man, he's the leader of the Avengers. Yep. Okay, what about Captain America? Uh-huh, yep. Okay, but he's the real leader of the Avengers. Wait a minute. Okay, hold on. What about, what, what about, what, what about like Spider-Man? Yep. Okay. This is a hard one. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Ant-Man. How dare you? How dare you? He was integral to the plot development of Endgame. He introduced a quantum realm as a thing to solve the Infinity Stone problem. Ant-Man is legit. Okay, okay, yes. Ant-Man is cool, but I still think you're better. Okay, what about Hulk? Yep. Okay, uh, what about... This is a hard one, okay? I'm ready. There's another hard one. Are you listening? Because sometimes adults check out when they're talking to me. I'm right here. Okay, Black Panther. Eddie. Come on. Superman. Eddie. Batman. Nobody really likes Batman. He's just really grumpy and they think you Eddie. like him, but what? What I'm trying to show you is that it's not about who you are compared to others. It's about who I say that you are. And I say that you're Eddie boy. Now, yeah, maybe you can't do all of these things that these other superheroes can do, but guess what? They can't do what you can do either. That's what makes you special. That's what gives you power. And that is why I am your biggest fan. Well, well that, well, that makes me, you, makes me your biggest fan. No, no, I'm your biggest fan. No, I'm your biggest fan. No, no, no I, I'm your, I'm biggest, your biggest fan. fan. I'm your biggest fan. I'm your biggest I'm fan. Time's a trillion triple statement. I'm done. I said it first over the end. I'm any man. I win this conversation. That's true, yeah. Yep. Hey, I have a question, though. Absolutely. So if we're each other's biggest fans, can we, can we go like, to the zoo and maybe like, you could use your pull so that we could pet an aardvark? Maybe... How about we go buy an aardvark somewhere and we can keep it as a pet? Yes, that's awesome. I've always wondered how they taste. Wait, what? No, no, that's, oh, Eddie. Incredible. I love this show. I can't wait for season two. Eddie Boy is gonna be an awesome super kid. Any man is so cool, he can do anything. Now, thanks for watching my show. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe. See you next time on the Super Duper Punch Superhero Kick Super Show. Gotcha. <laughs>Just like any man is little Eddie's biggest fan, Jesus is your biggest fan, and he's absolutely crazy about you. The Bible teaches us that he dressed himself in humanity, gave up all of heaven and eternity to come down to pursue you, to find you, and to have a relationship and a friendship with you. He legit cared that much. And you might be here thinking, well, yeah, that's probably true of like the super committed kids around here, like the kids that are always here, but this is only like my second time, my third time, I'm not really sure. Guess what? Jesus is just as crazy about you as anyone else in this room. 
Jesus is after, he is your super fan. He cares about you. And he wants you to know that his thoughts about you are higher than even your own thoughts about yourself. They're more powerful and more true than what you think about you. Isaiah 55 says, just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And another Bible verse literally challenges us. It says, every single moment you are thinking about me. How precious and wonderful are your thoughts to consider that you cherish or crazy love and adore me in your every thought. Oh God, your thoughts towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. More than the grains of sand on every shore on this planet. The God of this universe who created you is seriously in love with you. He picked you. He picked you of all the people on the planet to have friendship with and relationship with. He says that you're special and you're amazing and that you matter. And he looks down from heaven and he watches the stuff you do and he is your super fan. So maybe you're at home tonight and you got to study for that stupid biology test in the morning and there you are laying on your bed with your notebook and all the stuff you need to, to nail that test tomorrow. And you know what Jesus is doing? He's like in heaven. He's like peering back through the clouds. He's like, yeah, woo, look at that vocabulary word. Alex nailed, yeah, painted, painted vocabulary word, woo. He goes nuts for you over the littlest thing because he's actually your biggest fan. Or maybe you're just at home and you're on, you're on your uh, TikTok and you're looking at something and you realize you shouldn't be looking at it and you just log off. You just close it out. You know what Jesus is doing? He's like, yeah, way to go, Ian, no porn for you. Woo. He gets excited. He gets excited when we make the right choice because he's a fan of us. You know there's porn all over TikTok. You can call it some girl's cute video, but let's be real, it's porn, okay? On Anyways, that's a side thing. I'll preach about that later. But when you, when you close down that app, Jesus goes crazy because you made the right choice, because you chose what was best for you according to his word, and he is a fan of you. He gets excited for you because he loves you, and he knows that that porn will be destructive to you. He knows that not studying for that biology test will be destructive for you. And so when you make the right choice, he gets excited. Maybe you're just hanging out in the living room and you're actually practicing the piano that you're supposed to be practicing that your mom's paying like good money for the lessons and you're up there and you're like hitting some kind of scale that you've struggled with. He goes crazy about that. He cares that you did that because he knows it's in your best interest to practice the piano. If nothing else, so your mother doesn't kill you. And so he's in heaven and he's like, yeah, way to go, way to obey, way to do the right thing. And he's chanting your name, cheering your name. I don't know, maybe he rips open his robe and your name's written there. I'm not exactly sure if I can find a verse for that, but God is serious about how much he cares about you. He's serious about how big of a fan of you. Not just everyone in this room, not just all of humanity on the planet, but literally just individually you. He individually cares that much about you. And sometimes it can be so hard to hear Jesus cheering for us because there's someone else in our head that's cheering against us. 
And sometimes that's our own thoughts. We think we're stupid. And so we can't hear Jesus saying that we're not stupid. We think we're never gonna amount to anything and that's the voice we keep hearing in our head. So we can't hear Jesus saying, you have a plan and a purpose and you're gonna amount to something incredibly powerful. We, we get hung up on what we're thinking. We think we're not loved, that we can't hear Jesus singing and dancing over us with love songs to us because the voices in our head we let them be louder than our heavenly cheerleader that's going ballistic on our behalf. Our voice in our head tells us you're not important, but God says you are super important. And each one of us has to make the choice of who are we listening to. Are we listening to the equivalent of our kidney? Are we listening to our heart, our emotions, our feelings? Are we listening to our own thinking? Or are we listening to our God who is in love with us and crazy about us? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you future and a hope. And I don't know if you've stopped lately to think about what does the creator of all the universe think about you? What, what, what does he think about you? Does he, does he notice you? Did you ever think, maybe you're the guy that has a little bit of the weird sense of humor and you lay down a joke and you're like, this joke's gonna kill, but it flops. Do you know Jesus gave you that sense of humor? He's probably rolling in heaven at your joke, okay? You just don't know it yet. Like what does God of this universe think about you? What does he think when he looks at you and he sees you? What does he think about your hair color and your eye color? Well, I'll tell you what the Bible says. He says, you are perfect. You are flawless in my sight. You are highly treasured and valued. And even though you feel like you've messed up and you don't have it all together, guess what? It doesn't matter because I'm still after you. I still care about you. I still want relationship with you. And even if you feel like, man, I made a mess of my life, guess what? He still says, you matter to me. I forsake and give up all the privileges of heaven just to be friends with you, I'm coming after you. When God looks at your hair that you think's a little too wavy or your skin that you think's a little too pale or a little too dark and he says, it's perfect. I made you that way. I made you beautiful. I made you precious in my sight. You look at your body in the mirror and you think, I don't know. I don't know if you're thinking of me, Lord. I have no muscle tone. A little thicker than I wanna be pretty much everywhere. God says, no, I made you deliberately on purpose, beautiful in my sight. And guys, if you think about what is the heavenly father thinking about when, you, when he sees you, he, he didn't make you broken, he made you whole. And even if you see something about yourself and you think, but this, this feels broken, guess what? With him, it can all be whole. He's been watching you like your whole life long. And he's not up there mad at you. He's not up there wagging his finger at you and disappointed. He's just hoping against hope that you'll turn to him, that you'll spend time with him, that you'll engage with him and love him back. I believe above all else that Jesus wants you to know just how much you matter and how special you are to him. If you haven't thought about it lately, I really want you to think about it. What does this, the God of this universe, 
the creator of it all, what does he think about you personally? Because I can guarantee you from the Bible that his eyes light up, his smile goes big when he thinks about you and he cares so deeply. If you would just close your eyes for a moment, I wanna pray this blessing over each one of you in this room. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you to always have enough and to believe that you are enough. And I bless you to know the love of Jesus and to feel the love of Jesus deep down in your soul. And I bless you to have the right friends in your life and to know the joy of laughter with true friends. And I bless you to be protected from harm, from bullies and broken hearts. And even when you're not, I bless you to be protected in the loving arms of Jesus who heals you. I bless you to be full of hopes and dreams and strength and love and resources and relationships. And I bless you to be empty of sorrow and doubt and fear. And I bless you that know, to know that you matter to God and that you matter to us in this room. And I bless you with strength and understanding of truth. And I bless you with wholeness. And I bless you with the ability to be the head and not the tail. I bless you to find your purpose in this life and to feel deeply loved and fully fulfilled. And I bless you to know the voice of God in your heart and to be confident and brave. And I bless you to run to Jesus, to receive grace when you mess up and to know that he will forgive you. And I bless you with every promise that God offers you in the Bible. And above all, I bless you to know that you are deeply and truly loved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.